This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and you're listening to the Retirement Ready Show. I'm joined this week by Wendy Peppercorn. Hello, Tony. Good to have you back, Wendy. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Fall time? Or I don't know. Is it fall? It's still warm, but I guess it's... Is, are we in fall yet? I mean... Well, again, I think it's that metric, you know, when did the pumpkin spice latte show up, <laughs> right? That's That turns us into the corn next season. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not a pumpkin spice guy, but I know it's pretty popular. It's appearing in everything now. I it's know. crazy. I know. I do like the PSL. Starbucks does a fine job. I, I'm a victim of that. I will admit it. Uh, I do, but it's a little early. I do have to wait till October. And you got some basketball players in the family. It's got to be firing up, I imagine. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's a it's a long season, but uh, you know she's enjoying it. Sophie enjoys it, so we're keeping her active with it. That's great. That's great. Yeah, Allie's off. I uh, got her moved into college. She's skiing for the team, working towards collegiate nationals. and That's exciting. Anthony's doing soccer. Ava's doing field hockey. Oh, the outdoor sports. Yeah, although we work with people all over the country, you know, we're here in Wisconsin. And it's the, the fall sports is the time of year you could be sitting there in shorts and a T-shirt or it might be raining in 45 degrees yeah, or something. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately or fortunately, I guess, uh, you just have to be nimble and have that extra sweatshirt and blanket in the car. That is for sure. Well, great, great topic this week. I, I think when it comes, you know, we're all thinking right now about inflation. It's hard not to. We're all, you know, whether it's grocery shopping or back to school shopping or the gas pump, we're all feeling those pressures. But when it comes to inflation and investment returns, anyone who retired in the last 10 years was really pretty lucky. Not only was inflation exceptionally low, the stock market and many other investments performed really well. And while only time can tell for sure, the next 10 years could prove to be a much more challenging decade for those who are retired or entering retirement. So in today's episode, we're going to focus on some of the things you can do to minimize the risk that inflation will derail your retirement plans. But more importantly, you'll learn that you already have one of the most powerful inflation fighting tools in your retirement portfolio. I'll tell you what it is and more importantly, how to take advantage of it. You know, Wendy, while a person is still working, periodic pay raises can help offset rising prices, but retirees have some challenges. They have to not only create their own paychecks, but they also have to figure out how to make those paychecks increase over time to keep up with inflation. And if you're concerned that your retirement plan doesn't adequately account for inflation or you don't have a plan, reach out to us or someone like us. You can reach us at retirementreadyshow.com. But really, the best way to deal with any financial challenge is to make sure that you're efficiently, efficiently excuse me, getting all that you can from your retirement portfolio. And your Social Security is especially an important asset when it comes to dealing with inflation. So in today's episode, I want to show you how to get the most out of this asset. But what we really want to spend our time on is helping you develop a plan that will ensure you succeed in your version of retirement, regardless of the challenges ahead. And Wendy, you know, when it comes to retirement, retirement planning, we have to consider inflation returns and withdrawals. All of those are definite key components because we know retirement can be expensive, regardless of your lifestyle. 
more things you want to do. You didn't retire to sit in a rocking chair, you know, and watch the cars go by. You want to go out and do fun things. And the more fun things that you're included in your dream retirement, of course, the greater the expense included. Cost of travel, playing golf, going out to dinner with friends, along with just about everything else has been inflected, impacted and will be impacted by inflation. And as prices go up, it's easy to have less confidence in the future and harder to justify spending money on anything other than then the bare essentials. As we mentioned a few minutes ago, the last decade was a great time to retire or be retired for a lot of people. Low inflation meant that less money needed to be withdrawn from the savings and the longer they lasted. And at the same time, the stock market, real estate, and many other investments were booming, which meant that many people saw their retirement portfolios growing even larger, even with withdrawals. Anytime we have both inflation and investment cooperating, of course, it's easier to be much more confident about the future and to spend more money on enjoying the things you want to do in retirement. Some brokers and advisors think that the best strategy for combating inflation should be pretty simple. They say that all you have to do is load up on stocks. And on the surface, this seems like it might make sense considering that over the last 30 years, the returns of the S&P 500 have averaged around 10% annually. That's not too shabby. I'd take a 10% return annually. Sounds good. And that over approximately the same period of time, the dollar experienced an inflation rate of about 2.6% on average. The math there seems pretty straightforward. A portfolio that's heavily invested in stocks returns you 10%, and after 2.6% inflation, you still end up with a healthy net return. The problem is that averages, Tony, they can be deceiving. To arrive at an average, we have to consider there are extended periods that saw much higher years of inflation and lower stock returns. Some of those extended periods include a very favorable combination of low inflation and high returns. You know, something that everybody would like to experience over their lifetime. But there are also times when things were much tougher on retirees. The worst possible scenario for anyone retired or who soon will be is that combination of high inflation and stagnant or falling stock prices. And unfortunately, is a little bit, you know, of what we are experiencing this year. So, for example, in 1973, a few years ago, that marked a year where the inflation rate was 6%, while the stock market dropped 15%. And before you think that, you know, was a terrible conversation, the combination, excuse me, the next year in 1974 saw inflation climbing to over 11% and the stock market dropped 26%. Those are tough numbers, tough numbers to put together when you're first retiring. But in one sense, it's not inflation or falling stock prices that are the real problem. Instead, it's the combination of the two. They amplify what might be the single greatest fear of many retirees and a question that we often answer, you know, the prospect of, am I going to outlive my savings? Will I have enough retirement income? But before, Before most people can stop working and retire, you know, we really encourage you to figure out how your savings and other retirement assets can be used to replace that lost paycheck. You want to go into retirement seamlessly, having the same standard of living, doing all the fun things that you want to do. So it's how do you transition from the paycheck, from your employer to the portfolio, meeting your needs. Not so easy considering that those retirement paychecks need to keep coming month after month for possibly 20 or even 30 years for some people. 
And when too much money is withdrawn from a retirement portfolio that hasn't grown much, the result could be that savings does not last for as long as you might live. The higher the rate of inflation and the lower the investment turns, the greater the chance that withdrawals will deplete your savings even faster. So when we look, Tony, and putting together retirement plans and talking to clients and prospective clients, we really are, I'd say, on a conservative basis, right? We look at inflation being at least that 107-year average. You know, I've even pumped it up for some people that really want to be conservative over that 3% for the lifetime. And then looking at returns that are much more conservative. I mean, I can you know, say S&P 10-year return average forever, right? The higher return you get, the longer your money lasts. But in reality, we want to be conservative. Let's take the worst case scenario. Let's prepare for this. Let's make sure everybody understands the plan and the longevity. So we use a lower return purposefully and a higher inflation to really kind of beat up the portfolio, making sure the longevity is there so that people know things that they want to do in retirement, fun things, spend, you know, go do things with their grandchildren, travel, that they'll be there for them. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. I think you bring up some great points, you know, taking that conservative look when it comes to planning. And this is something for folks that may, maybe you're working with a financial advisor and you have a plan. I'd ask that fiduciary, what rate of return are you assuming? What rate of inflation are you assuming, right? And if they're saying, well, inflation's only 2% long term, so we're using 2% and we're going to average 10% in the portfolio. That's going to paint a pretty rosy picture. Is it possible? Of course. Is it likely? Maybe not, right? Can you make your plan work on a three, three and a half percent rate of inflation? Only getting a four percent rate of return from your portfolio. Does it still survive with that more conservative set of glasses? That's really important. And one of the things, Wendy, that that's so important to consider when it comes to inflation is Social Security and those cost of living increases that come with that, considering the challenges that may lie ahead, now is the time for retirees to focus on how to be more efficient when it comes to providing for their future income needs, but at the same time, minimize the risk of outliving their savings. And there could be several ways to do this, but one of the best ways involves our Social Security retirement benefits. Because of its automatic cost of living increases, this can benefit might be your single most important retirement asset. Good way to understand its value is to think about how much money would need to be invested in order to match the lifetime inflation adjusted flow of income from Social Security. So if you think about it, in January of this year, 2022, the average benefit was about $1,614 per month or about $19,370 per year. The commonly accepted answer for how much savings it would take to generate this amount of inflation-adjusted income is a little less than $500,000. This comes from the so-called 4% rule. That rule states that you have a very small chance of running out of money if you begin withdrawing from a lump sum at the rate of 4% and adjust the withdrawals for inflation each year. Now, $500,000 is a lot of money. But consider, this is the amount required to match just the average Social Security benefit. 
Sadly, people don't understand that Social Security claiming strategies well enough because there are ways to boost your benefits. A lot of folks end up settling for this relatively low amount. And that's a shame when you consider that in 2022, the maximum benefit was just short of 4200 a month. Assuming that same 4% withdrawal rate, you need an extra $1.25 million in savings to generate about the same inflation excuse me, adjusted income as the maximum Social Security benefit provides. And while it's true that not everyone's going to qualify for that maximum benefit, and even folks that do qualify might not be willing to delay the start of the benefits required to get the maximum, many people could still get more than the average benefit with just a little bit of Social Security planning. But the real point here is that because of cost of living increases, Social Security is a really valuable retirement asset, especially if we may be entering a new age of inflation. And Wendy, when it comes to Social Security, a lot of big mistakes can be made and people really need to be aware of these. Yeah, I think it's good to really focus on some mistakes that we've historically learned about to tell people, you know, that there are options available. Considering the value of the cost of living adjustments, it's important to start with as large of a base Social Security benefit as is practical given your individual circumstance and objectives. The cost of living adjustment for 2023 won't be available quite until October of this year, but the primary estimates are that it could be the biggest increase in four decades. So some experts believe it could be anywhere between 8 to 10%. That's a pretty significant uh, inflation adjustment. Using that 10%, it's easier to do the math. So if this was the cost of living adjustment for this year, it would increase the average benefit by $161 a month. But if you're collecting the maximum benefit, this increase would put an additional $420 a month in your pocket. Then any cost of living adjustments in the future years would increase the amount more and more for as long as you were alive. So in order to get all you can from Social Security, it's important to avoid, you know, a few common mistakes. One big mistake relates specifically to just a misunderstanding regarding the cost of living adjustment. Some people don't understand and believe that they're going to miss out on COLA, the cost of living adjustment, if they're not already collecting benefits. I've had a few of these questions recently just with the prior increase we've seen saying that, you know, they want to go ahead and take advantage of it. So they're just going to turn their social security on right away. And please don't do that. You will be able to enjoy the benefit as well. In reality, all cost of living increases that incur after a person turns age 62 are added to your social security retirement benefit, regardless of whether or not you're drawing on the benefit. I think that's something very important to understand for a lot of people. So you have time to strategize or talk to someone to help you through that. You know, another common mistake is that many people base their decisions regarding when to claim social security benefits on numbers shown on the statement. But the amount on the benefits shown are expressed in today's dollars, whereas the actual benefits received are adjusted for cost of living increases as well. This means that when you look at your statement, the benefit of delaying the date you start claiming those benefits could be grossly understated. Could be really understated. But to your point, Wendy, sometimes delaying it's important, right? You can start Social Security at 62, but you're taking a 25% reduction. But from 62 to what they call your full retirement age, your FRA, for most of us at 67, depending on the year you were born, it may be younger, but it grows from 62 to 67 at a rate of 6% per year. From 67 to 70, it grows at 8% a year. 
It's pretty tough. I, you know, I don't. Maybe you know Wendy, but I don't know of any other investment that guarantees six or eight percent rate of return, and that can make a lot of sense for some people. Now, delaying it's not always the answer, but boy, that's some pretty hefty guaranteed rates of return. And one potential huge mistake can occur for people who are divorced. It's important to know that the ex-spouse may be able to claim a divorced spouse benefit. More importantly, you may need to inform the Social Security Administration about your previous marriages. You can't assume that the Social Security Administration will automatically uncover your eligibility. This can be extremely important if you meet the eligibility requirement. You could get up to 50% of your former spouse's full benefit amount but only if that exceeds your own retirement benefits. So you're going to get the larger of the two figures. Social Security is going to pay that out, but it's not going to pay you both. And for married couples, one of the biggest mistakes I often see is when a survivor benefits are not adequately taken into consideration when planning. This can be especially a big problem for women because they live longer than us guys on average. A woman can get shortchanged when her spouse is the higher income earner and he starts his own benefit early. If he's the first to die, which statistically that may be the case, as a survivor, she's able to receive up to 100% of her deceased spouse's benefits as a replacement for her own smaller benefits. Think about the impact of this if she lives another 10 or 20 years. Each month, she could get a lot more money, plus additional larger cost of living increases month after month for the rest of her life. Wendy, I know we always hear it. One of the biggest things when folks come in, you know, is wanting to make sure that their spouse is going to be okay. Maybe it's because we're in the Midwest and family values, but everyone's highly concerned about this. Delaying Social Security for that older, for the male or the higher income earner can be a great way to protect that other spouse. There's also some other common mistakes. Yeah, another common mistake is to not plan for taxes on Social Security benefits. A lot of times people don't recognize that up to 85% of Social Security could be subject to income taxes. The rules and calculations that the IRS uses to determine this tax liability can be quite complex, but within those rules are potential strategies for reducing the overall tax. The key is to proactively plan for these taxes and to see if there might be strategies to minimize them in your individual circumstance. You know, and Tony, perhaps the biggest single mistake is to not seek the help of a financial advisor, excuse me, a knowledgeable on Social Security. You know, just a moment to toot our own horn. Everybody should have an advocate in their court. Help them make their best decision. The rules can be very complex with dozens of gotchas included in the calculations for Social Security. And the difference between using a good or bad strategy can add up to several hundred thousand dollars over a long retirement horizon. It's important to really sit down, understand that one, taxes can be involved in Social Security benefits, and we're not going to specifically focus on that, but it is a factor in it. So a lot of different strategies can be employed in that holistic overall financial plan to really reduce the Social Security benefit taken at that time. You bring up great points, Wendy. I think so many people make the mistake of thinking about their retirement plan as only their investments. And I don't mean to understate the importance of that. There's a lot of nuances to your investments, and you want to make sure that's right. In a previous show, we talked about bucketing strategies, a lot of great things you can do there. 
But that's part of your retirement plan. We need to figure out your income plan. We need to figure out family issues. We need to figure out health care issues. An important one you brought up was tax planning, right? A lot of people don't realize that Social Security benefits can be taxable. But with the right tax planning, especially early in retirement, many folks can get set up where their Social Security is either taxed a lot less or not at all. And imagine if you get to keep the whole Social Security benefit each month, you can use that for expenses. Less goes to Uncle Sam or none goes to Uncle Sam. That means you don't have to take as much out of your retirement nesting and your portfolio lasts longer. So all these parts and pieces start to weave together. If you have a plan that's accounting for all of these, choosing the best Social Security claiming strategy is just one part of building a strong retirement income plan. But with the cost of living adjustment, the value of your Social Security benefits over time can dwarf many of your other retirement assets. A thorough analysis may be required to determine how to claim a Social Security in the most effective manner for you based on your unique circumstances. Making a mistake here could be the economic equivalent of withdrawing $100,000 from a portfolio and setting it on fire. Now, it's a little bit dramatic, but long-term Social Security planning can have a six-figure impact on what you're going to collect and receive if you do it the right way. If you're not sure, talk to your advisor. Ask him or her about a Social Security plan. Have they analyzed it? What's the best way to take it out? If they don't know how to deal with that or you're not confident that they do, that's something that we can certainly help with. But find an advisor that's really taking a holistic approach to your retirement plan, not just trying to sell you investments or products. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.